time for Healthy Talk Radio. Healthy Talk Radio with Julian Whitaker, MD, America's wellness doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's first lady of health. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Get in on the phone lines now by calling 1-800-307-3002. Now, here's Dr. Whitaker and Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. While they say this uh, study bolsters the case that life may exist on distant planets, I find it uh, indicative of the fact that microbes are pretty hardy. They have found that microbes can survive trapped inside ice crystals under three kilometers of snow for more than a 100,000 years. Those bugs are pretty strong now, aren't they? Well, it was an intriguing study uh, that led us to a discussion today with America's wellness doctor, Julian Whitaker, MD, all about heavy metals. The recent research suggesting that supplements of folic acid can lower blood levels of arsenic in individuals who uh, actually consume arsenic-contaminated water. We'll talk about arsenic and lead and mercury, all you need to know about heavy metals with Julian Whitaker, MD, right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Our mission to provide you that health care news and views from credible sources that you won't hear anywhere else brings to us our resident medical expert. You know him best as America's wellness doctor, Julian Whitaker, MD. Dr. Whitaker, hello and welcome. Hello, Deborah. So nice to be with you. How you doing? I'm doing well, and this is yeah, intriguing. So am I. And uh, good, and I'm, I'm, I hope you'll find this interesting as well. The current archives of ophthalmology is taking a look at age-related macular degeneration, Dr. Whitaker, of course, mm-hmm. a, a major cause of vision loss in this country, and C-reactive protein. Mm-hmm. They say that there is a direct correlation. The higher the C-reactive protein, the much more likely someone is to be diagnosed with AMD, which tells me that um, all those anti-inflammatory lifestyle factors may make a difference. What do you think? You know, I have uh, heard um, Dr. Perlmutter give uh, talks about how the brain with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and all of these neurodegenerative diseases is simply the brain on fire, and we're treating the symptoms rather and blowing the smoke away rather than taking a look at the inflammation that's causing it. Inflammation is more important and this is chronic, unproductive inflammation, it's more important in degenerative disease than any other single factor. More important in cancer, heart disease, macular degeneration. All you have to do is look for it to find that uncontrolled, inappropriate inflammation in the body is causing these diseases. Now, as you and I both know, inflammation is important if you have an infection or if you have a disease or a foreign protein or you get hit by some kind of foreign object. But when the body is generating this inflammation just out of a happenstance, Mm -hmm. that's when you get disease. And I think in the United States uh, and in most of the Western world, we have excessive inflammation because we have just eliminated the omega-3 fatty acids from our diet. It's amazing. And now we have all the heart disease, the cancer, the macular degeneration, the stroke, and it is because if we 
we don't have these essential oils because we've eliminated fish for as a major staple in our diet. And these oils are essential. It's not a uh, you know warm and fuzzy thing to take fish oil. It's essential. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we could uh, we could drop that. We drop C-reactive proteins in my patients routinely with using fish oil, vitamin C, and other natural anti-inflammatory agents. In fact, that recent article that was in the Journal of the American Medical Association, you know, linking omega-3 to type 1 diabetes, there, there was an interesting line in there, Dr. Whitaker. They compared the diets of Americans 100 years ago to the diets of Americans to, uh, today and found the omega-3 fatty acid content of today's American diets was 28-fold, 28,000 times less than it was 100 years ago. Yeah, we've just eliminated. Yeah. You know, 100 years ago, it wasn't that we were on the Eskimo diet, but we were eating a lot of flax oil and other vegetable sources of the omega-3s and other natural, because um, that's where the fish get it. Right. But, um, you know, uh, orthomolecular medicine, what Linus Pauling, you know, the the, uh, the elements that are common and essential to the body used to prevent and treat disease, certainly does describe the use of the omega-3 fatty acids. They are absolutely essential. And we've got people all over right. the Western uh, uh, nations, the developed nations, they have no clue as to how to help themselves by supplementing with appropriate amounts of omega-3 fatty acids. It's truly, it truly is wasteful. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of wasteful, this is intriguing research, and I guess I um, find it of interest for all my years in the blood bank, uh, Dr. Whitaker. Uh, mm-hmm. Duke University um, has acknowledged that each year in this country, 14 million units of blood are administered blood transfusions. They now take a look at the fact, and in fact for the last five years there's been this growing body of evidence to suggest that people who get blood transfusions double their risk of heart attack, double their risk of heart failure, double their risk of, of stroke and even death. What they now know is that literally within three hours of a unit of blood being stored it loses its nitric oxide which means that that blank bud loses its ability to deliver oxygen to the tissue and that blood transfusions may actually be more detrimental than of benefit to patients. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I can't say that someone who's bleeding to death is not benefited by the use of blood because, you know, you can certainly die from blood loss. But the fact, I, this is something that I had not thought of and I think it's really insightful for whoever looked for it, nitric oxide is absolutely essential for life. And uh, nitric oxide really wasn't even discovered until the mid-1990s, and the fellows won a Nobel Prize for it. They didn't go to the bank. They didn't make any money on it the way the drug guys do. But they did discover it, and they found that uh, arginine, you know, was the precursor for nitric oxide, which literally relaxes and does everything to facilitate blood flow and oxygenation. But that's intriguing, that blood... The, the key, then, to this would be when you get blood transfusion, you load up on nitric oxide. Exactly. So that the body can regenerate what's lost. Right. Now, of course, no one in any hospital is ever going to put that together. 
And that's just simple. Low in nitric oxide, give the body what it needs to make nitric oxide, and that will never happen. And they'll do study after study looking at nitric oxide. You can't make nitric oxide itself and deliver it. But that's what they're going to try to do. And you'll have people suffering from a preventable cause or preventable problem with blood transfusions because there will be no effort to look at, okay, we got a problem with nitric oxide. Hey, let's help the patient generate some or give the patient what he needs to generate some. Let's do something other than just call for more studies. Absolutely, because as you well know, uh, for people who refuse blood transfusions for religious reasons, hyperbaric oxygen is a very viable alternative for people oh, who have hyperbaric blood hyperbaric oxygen. With hyperbaric oxygen, Deborah, now you can't stay in the, t- in the, in the hyperbaric tank um, indefinitely. No. But with hyperbaric oxygen, you actually don't need blood. Now, what I mean by that is that blood has these red corpuscles in it. That's what gives it its red color. And these red corpuscles, the red blood cells, are the ones that carry oxygen. In the hyperbaric chamber, um, there's so much oxygen uh, dissolved in the fluids that you have more than enough without even what the red blood cells are carrying. But then again, you cannot live. <coughs> excuse me, you cannot live right. in yeah. a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Mm-hmm. So you have to have some way of right. carrying the blood. Right. Right. Well, this is an eye-opener to me. I, I had no idea this is a research that came out of uh, Great Britain's um, University of East Anglia, published research. Um, in fact, it was collaborative research with Wake Forest University, published research in the journal Elementary Pharmacology. They acknowledge that um, the use of the SSRI medications doubles the risk of stomach bleeding. But if you add ibuprofen, two SSRIs, it doubles, it not doubles, it increases sixfold the risk of stomach bleeding. I had no idea of those downsides, Dr. Whitaker. I knew about the ibuprofen. I think if we go back to the 14,000 or 14 million units of blood, the majority of that is coming from the <clears throat> non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents causing blood uh, loss in the in the stomach. Right. Uh, you People need blood not for accidents or surgery, but primarily because you're taking these arthritis uh, pain relievers. Dr. Whitaker, hold that thought. We'll pick it up when we return. Dr. Julian Whitaker joining us today. Our topic, heavy metals. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio, worldwide, whenever and wherever you need us at HealthyTalkRadio.com. Now, here's Julian Whitaker, M.D., America's wellness doctor, and Deborah Ray. The topic at hand today, heavy metals, and with just a really intriguing article out in the current American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, Columbia University uh, took a look at a group of individuals. In fact, they were out of Bangladesh, and we uh, probably know from the news that they have a lot of health problems associated with arsenic in the water, gave uh, a group of these individuals uh, a mere supplement of 400 micrograms a day of folic acid and found folic acid supplementation increases arsenic elimination by methylating the ingested inorganic arsenic, which gives us an opportunity to talk about heavy metals in general. But what an intriguing study, Dr. Whitaker. Oh, that's very intriguing. Deborah, I hate to 
you know, uh, sound hit the same gong over and over again, but this is an excellent example of orthomolecular medicine. That is the use of these common and essential elements to treat disease patterns. Uh, the heavy metal, the methylation, is what's intriguing because mm-hmm. that's what folic acid does. Mm-hmm. It allow it it helps to methylate, or that means to put on these methyl groups onto uh, onto uh, substances. This is how it it uh, this is how it lowers the homocysteine level. So, to I had no idea yeah. that folic acid could be used to eliminate a very dangerous heavy metal and be so effective at doing it. 400 micrograms is a small amount exactly. of folic acid. We use up to uh, 5,000 micrograms of, me- of, of um, uh, I mean, up to uh, 5 milligrams right. of folic acid in in the office. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to really boost up with no risk at all. Right, right. And this is fascinating. This is something that I will transfer to all of my physicians, and we will definitely up our folic acid. But it also brings to mind, you know, uh, detoxifying, you know, getting rid of heavy metals because um, we have have learned of late with the sobering statistics of, you know, the rates of autism in this country that many autistic children, um, you know, have a unique genetic closet that actually prevents them from adequately uh, eliminating mercury from, from their system. And you know, like it or not, whether it's 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 mercury, and of course the World Health Organization says everything on the planet has some degree of mercury, or lead, or in this case arsenic. Um, you know, for for many years, you know, wellness physicians like you who took a look at at heavy metals, for, uh, <laughs> it was considered to be way out there, and you all were right all along, Doctor Whitaker. Oh, there is no safe level for mercury. Yeah, it's insane. And there never was much mercury in the diet or in the population until we started adding it to it. Right. And now, with children, we give them something like 20 times the acceptable amount of mercury when they're four, year, four days old. It is what we're doing with our children and their vaccination routine is dis, is uh, is is just heartbreaking. You realize that there are more people, more children with autism than had ever occurred from the childhood diseases at any one time. We have now taken these childhood diseases, which everybody had, and eliminated them with the supposedly eliminated them with these vaccinations, and we are creating one out of a hundred autistic kids when it used to be one out of 2,500. And why? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always remember that lunchtime speech by uh, Congressman Dan Burton, you know, who who took a look at it, both of his grandbabies becoming autistic-like, calculating that the combination of vaccines that each one of his grandchildren received was 84 times the allowable limit of mercury, according to the federal government, according to the EPA, Dr. Whitaker. I know. And he's a congressman, yeah. and he can't stop it. So it's um, I know Dan Burton real well, and I'm I'm really commiserate with him, uh, you know, with this with this problem he has. But if you talk to the docs as we have, they treat this. This doesn't hit 
lower socioeconomic. This hits every single family. It is it is across the board. It is undiscriminatory. When at the number and the and the uh, incidence of uh, autism that um, is brought on by these vaccinations, it's truly um, you know we're just literally destroying uh, the our um, projection into the future by all these vaccinations. You know, loading our kids up with mercury, Deborah. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So screening for heavy metals, you know, is, is, is this something, you know, worthy, certainly uh, of our children, uh, but all of us on a regular basis? Because the screening tests are, are, are certainly non-invasive, Dr. Whitaker. Yes, they're non-invasive. And, um, and I think that uh, uh, individuals, you know, can, can help to chelate out heavy metals by taking folic acid. See, now this is another chelator. You can also take, um, which I do every day, I take um, uh, EDTA by mouth. That's, uh, uh, I also give patients EDTA chelation therapy uh, in, the hosp- in, in the office, you see, to, uh, to take out arsenic and lead. Um, just a healthy diet and exercise and um, uh, taking multiple vitamins and minerals is a good way to prevent heavy metal buildup, particularly if you throw in um, a folic acid and vitamin C and other natural uh, elements. I think the whole B complex would be an enhancement of methylation. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't screen everybody, but we can tell everybody how to chelate out and to protect themselves from heavy metals. Um, se- secondly is to avoid it. I don't eat tuna much anymore, yeah. occasionally, mm-hmm. but I just don't because every time uh, an examination of, of fish comes, uh, you know, is evaluated, you know, tuna is the one that is very high in mercury. So I just have taken it off my diet. I've had my um, mercury fillings removed. Uh, I did that 20 years ago because you are leaching out mercury from your fillings. Um, you know, with with everything you swallow. So um, there are ways to keep yourself, you know, um, uh, uh, protected from heavy metal toxicity. Uh, and then if you have some symptoms and you're seeing a physician that's going to look for this, that's when the screening should take place. So it's, you know, the, the, the link between the heavy metals, the, the lead in blood pressure, the mercury in heart attacks, the lead in kidney disease, uh, you know, the, the mercury and, and uh, behavior and learning disabilities. Uh, you know, when do you, you know, start as a clinician, uh, you know, to start saying, you know, you've got, for example, a history of heart attacks and uh, maybe had a heart attack. We need to, to screen you for heavy metals as well, Dr. Whitaker. Well, you do it as soon as you get in, uh, uh, as soon as the patient comes under your care. Okay. Because heavy metal is so associated with many of those diseases, uh, particularly with cardiovascular disease, because we use EDTA chelation in a cardiovascular patient, and that is specific for chelating out lead and mercury. And it was discovered back in the 50s to help with cardiovascular disease. It was actually the darling of some um, conventional physicians. Uh, and uh, one of them, I think, from Northwestern, even wrote a book about it. Uh, and then he was um, uh, took over the uh, 
uh, editorship of a conventional heart surgery magazine and became an arch enemy of chelation <laughs> because it was a turf war. Right. Uh, you could uh, accomplish without any of the risk better results with chelation therapy than you could with vascular surgery. But since since uh, vascular surgery pays a heck of a lot more than chelation therapy, it won out in the business realm and therefore was being supported by all the so-called scientific studies, which is simply a, you know, the, the, the medical journals today are like infomercials for drugs. Absolutely. Uh, that it's thought. just crazy. We'll be back with more of Julian Whitaker, MD. The topic today, heavy metals. Hello there. You've discovered TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but it might just be good for your health. Now, here's Julian Whitaker, M.D., America's wellness doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's first lady of health. Our topic today is heavy metals, and whether your question is about mercury or lead, uh, arsenic, uh, any of them, you are welcome to uh, join us. Uh, we're talking about diagnosis, treatment options. Uh, when do you start thinking that heavy metals may have a role to play in your health care challenges? That telephone number to join us is 1-800-307-3002. That's 1-800-307-3002. Uh, we were speaking of, of mercury, and, of course, it's it's link. To, uh, to heart disease, w- what about other conditions in the body regarding mercury, Dr. Whitaker? Well, mercury is, is toxic for everything. Uh, uh, as we've discussed, we think that there is a um, link with children and this just massive dose of mercury that they've been getting with the vaccinations. The FDA has decided to take the mercury out of the uh, uh, vaccines, but there was a recent study showing in the New England Journal of Medicine showing that that may have been premature, which didn't make any sense. They didn't look at the same kinds of uh, relationships of the mercury as autism had, and it was a small study. And when you look at the fact that mercury is only toxic, this mercury does nothing else. It's not a part of the life chain. It has been excluded from life processes in every living organism. So why should we be adding a toxic metal to our children Mm -hmm. at the most vulnerable developmental stages? It just... um, So mercury is a part of every degenerative disease. And the, the treatment options, you, you spoke of the, you know, EDTA chelation therapy in your own clinical practice, uh, you know, removing heavy metals, including mercury. Are, are there other treatment options when it comes to mercury, Dr. Whitaker? Well, uh, mercury <clears throat> needs a different chelating um, uh, factor other than uh, what we use for arsenic and lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are two of them. There's DMSA and uh, DSA. And these are substances that one of them you can take intravenously, but we use the one that you take by mouth. Because if you take it by mouth, it binds up the mercury in the intestinal tract. The body begins to excrete uh, mercury into the intestinal tract, and this uh, substance will carry it out and prevent it from being reabsorbed. So you have ways of treating uh, patients that do have uh, mercury loads. Um, uh, the, the trick is to know that... <coughs> 
uh, almost all or most of the neurodegenerative problems, right. uh, like multiple sclerosis, could mm-hmm. be associated with mercury. And all you need to do is look for it. They're the easy test to find, um, I mean, to utilize to, to determine the mercury load. Uh, you can test mercury in the urine to find out how much is coming out in the urine. You can test it in the feces to find out how much is coming out uh, through the uh, through the gut. Uh, and interesting, when we have these tests and we have the average amount that is taken out, you have a different average for individuals who have mercury amalgams. The amalgams in the fillings, they're not silver filling, they're mercury filling. They're 50% mercury. So when you have uh, these silver amalgams, I mean these mercury amalgams in the mouth, then the relative average excretion of mercury goes way up. So they are in a different classification of screening. Uh, It's difficult for me to have people, patients who have a lot of mercury fillings, not to suggest that they have them removed because it's a constant seeding of mercury into the system. And you know, knowing that um, you know the research of, of individuals like Dr. Boyd Haley at the University of Kentucky have uh, educated us that there is no blood-brain barrier that that mercury can easily cross it. You know, what does that mean to the developing brain? Because you know, there's there's some suggestion, Dr. Whitaker, for, for example, for for lead levels, that why we can lower them, that you know the damage that these heavy metals do to young brains is sometimes irreversible. It is irreversible. And um, the crossing of mercury of the blood-brain blood brain barrier, that's uh, always difficult for me to say fast, um, indicates that children are the ones that need to be protected the most from mercury because they're the ones that are having this developmental, uh, this rapid developmental uh, aspect of the brain. See, human infants are born extremely vulnerable. You know, you take the antelopes. You know, they can run as fast as their mother in 15 minutes. But human infants are born very vulnerable with a huge amount of developmental uh, processes to be continued outside of the womb. You load them up with mercury, you virtually throw sand in all the gears. And that's what we did. You know, if we look back uh, on and some of the things that we do have done in history, you know, during the Civil War, uh, where the North was fighting the South, <clears throat> that was the most deadly war that Americans have ever participated in because mm-hmm. all the uh, the dead and wounded came from Americans. Well, uh, they had they most of them died from infection because the way they treated wounds on the battlefield, they would have a single towel. And they would take that towel and wipe the blood off of every wound. The same towel. Because they thought pus was good. That was just <clears throat> 150 years ago. Right. That you could be that wrong uh, to where now we look at, oh my goodness, you mean the docs were taking a towel, wiping a pussy, uh, a, a pus um, a wound, then taking it to a fresh wound and doing the same thing. And we are aghast. And we say, how could they be so stupid? But they weren't stupid. They had just as much intelligence as we do. 
but that was their belief. Sure. So there's a difference in in uh, in, in progress because it always has to overcome belief systems and paradigms. And our belief systems have have um, instituted some of the most um, uh, idiotic medical activities. You know, bypass, uh, angioplasty. These things are just plain silly when you look at the true science of their and, and the uh, the accurate record of their benefit. They're just silly. But never in the history of medicine, Deborah, and I think readers should realize this, has so much money been tied up in such stupid behaviors. You know, this uh, mercury thing, why would we allow the drug companies to ply to to give mercury injections to every single kid. It's insane. Yeah. All we're doing is inoculating our kids with mercury. And, you know, the, the American Medical Association has taken a strong stand, uh, you know, about eliminating mercury uh, from all sources in medicine in terms of, you know, the, the blood pressure cuffs and the thermometers. And, you know, now that we, we're just I think blood pressure cuffs and thermometers have a negligible, sure. a negligible, um, uh, uh, impact upon the mercury exposure. I mean, how can you worry about uh, blood pressure cuffs and thermometers when you're injecting the stuff into children? It's insane. You know, if you you worried about blood pressure cuffs and thermometer and thermometers, well, first they have to break. Well, I don't think I've ever seen uh, a um, blood pressure cuff with a mercury uh, thermometer break. And, in fact, they're being replaced now with um, these, uh, you know, uh, automatic ones that are not run by mercury. But um, I don't think I ever saw one break. You know, in the school, you break a thermometer, they evacuate the school, protect the children from mercury. Then everybody lines up for flu shots, get a, a dose of injected mercury. So we'll look back at that, at that reality, right. in the same way we look at this using the push rag on the battlefields in the Civil War and just say, oh my gosh, how could they possibly have been so stupid? But it's not stupidity. It's just, you know, the uh, the belief systems of today. Now, just last week we were talking about this University of Washington published study um, taking a look at the fillings in children's mouth, the, the urine excretion of mercury. Which again begs the question, you know, what's up with the dentist and mercury in the mouth, <laughs> Dr. Whitaker? When's that one going to die? Now, what was this study with the with the uh, mercury in the urine? This was uh, taking a, 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 a look. It was a collaborative study between the University of Lisbon and the University of Washington, a published study in the journal of Environmental Health Perspectives, um, that there was a direct correlation between the number of fillings. In other words, if the oh, child yeah. had one filling versus three fillings, if the child had more fillings, there was more mercury being excreted. The length of time that the child had had the mercury fillings also affected uh, urine mercury excretion. Uh, girls did it, um, excreted mercury a little bit better than, than boys in the study, which is, oh, you know, to me is you know just... It, it speaks volumes in terms of, you know, it certainly uh, confirms what we saw in the core study, and that was, you know, the number of fillings in, in the animal's mouth was, you know, correlating 
with the amount of, of mercury in their tissue. Yet we continue to ignore it over and over again, Dr. Whitaker. I know. It's the old Civil War pus rag syndrome. You know, it is, um, I think medicine, modern medicine, Deborah, is far more destructive than medicine 150 years ago. You know, it's just amazing to me how we can get in and virtually destroy uh, people's immune systems, people's uh, uh, central nervous system with all these uh, injections and and um, and then say we're doing something good. It's uh, it it really is. You know, doctors are the most dangerous people to interact with, and I'm a doctor. But it is uh, if you look if you add up all the mistakes and all of the uh, causes of death, 150,000 from drug uh, uh, interaction deaths. You know, uh, unnecessary surgeries. You know, another uh, hundred thousand. It doc uh, the interaction with doctors is fatal for one out of 387 people. Something like that. I believe it's, it is one in the 300-something. Right. You know, right. where um, uh, uh, if you look at the safety of other, you know, automobiles, right. you know, is um, probably 20 times safer than uh, medical doctors, uh, particularly those practicing in hospitals. Right. Oh, and Medicare, as you know, has decided they're not going to pay for so-called medical mistakes like bed sores and uh, uh, and hospital infections and uh, surgical um, uh, accidents. Um, so they've just written off with bed sores, uh, hospital infections, and surgical accidents. They have written off billions right. of dollars right. in health care costs. Well, what's the solution to that? Don't go to hospitals? That would be one. But the solution to that, when you get into a hospital and you're so debilitated, they really ha you really are at risk. And the interesting thing is, they tell you you cannot come in with vitamins and minerals. It's astounding. I know uh, we've had um, an advertising on this show this uh, the aged garlic right. from Wakanaga. Right. Five hundred and fifty-eight studies on its benefit of lowering homocysteine levels. Lowering C-reactive protein, helping to lower cholesterol, uh, beneficial effects in preventing heart disease and in treatment of heart disease. 558 peer-reviewed medical studies. Yet not one single hospital uses it and won't even let you bring it in. It's insane. What's next? Well, uh, we've often spot, uh, spoken of uh, optimal aging. And uh, knowing then now that there's an unfolding uh, bit of evidence to suggest that we're at higher risk of heart disease, higher risk of cancer, uh, higher risk of uh, uh, not having you know, optimal brain functioning because of our lead stores. That's an unfolding story, Dr. Whitaker. It is. And lead is the easiest of the heavy metals to chelate out. Um, but lead, uh, you know, we get lead uh, from all over the place. A lot of the lead came from leaded gasoline. Right. Oh, they simply put tetraethyl lead into gasoline for no other reason than that the car ran a little smoother and virtually polluted the entire world with billions of dollars of lead. It was just unbelievable. And you can chelate out lead... Um, uh, very easily, but um, 
why we allowed lead to be put in. And for years, decades, you know, we were running around spewing lead into the atmosphere, getting into the food, you know, and now lead contaminates everything thanks to our ingenuity. There was a, there's a book by um, Bill Bryson called A, um, a, a, a Short History of Nearly Everything. Uh-huh. And he, it, excellent book. But he talks about how one person brought out and uh, uh, convinced people to put lead into gasoline. One person. Hold that thought. We don't want to miss a minute. We're talking heavy metals today. Dr. Julian Whitaker joining us, 800-307-3002. Cutting edge information on alternative medicines, nutrition, and your health. Healthy Talk Radio. Now, here's Julian Whitaker, MD, America's wellness doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's first lady of health. Inviting you to join us for our discussion of heavy metals. The telephone number, 1-800-307-3002. That's 1-800-307-3002. And you know, part of this, this aging picture, which is uh, uh, interesting to, to many, Dr. Whitaker, is the fact that as our bones break down, that often can actually release stored lead into the bloodstream. That's intriguing. That's intriguing, dangerous, and every yeah. now and then we're going to break bones. So, good thing to do is not don't put any lead in the bones and chelate it out while the bones haven't been broken or before they break. And the chelation of lead out, folic acid would do that. Um, there's a substance called SAMe. Um, this is a methylator as well. So, folic acid by enhancing methylation and SAMe by enhancing methylation could obviously increase the methylation of arsenic and likely lead because they have similar uh, metabolic and, and chemical reacti- reactivity. I don't know about mercury, but uh, there you have very natural ways to right. do it, and you're right. getting uh, a lot of folic acid if you're taking uh, the vitamins and minerals that, that would be reasonable. So you're getting at least the amount that, that showed in the studies that it would uh, methylate out um, arsenic. So, um, you know, uh, just supplemental nutrients uh, is a huge step in helping people to discharge and to keep and to excrete and eliminate uh, a lot of these heavy metals. You can't do it with just food. Food does not give you the amounts necessary uh, to uh, protect yourself and to help your body discharge and eliminate these heavy metals. And if, if people are, are right, you know, many suggest that the fall of the Soviet Union was uh, due, uh, at least in part, Dr. Whitaker, to, to you know, to the mass contamination uh, of their population with many of these heavy metals and other toxins. And we're seeing the model in uh, in China. I mean, what an eye opener that you know we should really take proactive action to to be screened and, and you know have regular heavy metal chelation if we want to age optimally. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and people need to realize that many of the um, items to help chelate out the lead <clears throat> you can take by <clears throat> you can take by mouth. Right, right. And um, one of those is EDTA, which we which I've been using in my office for you know 25 years, and I use it intravenously. That's EDTA chelation for the uh, uh, elimination of lead. But um, 
that could be taken by mail. Well, you've added to that information today. Always a privilege and pleasure. Great oh, information. Thank you, Dr. Whitaker. Okay. Our thanks to Dr. Whitaker. Our thanks to each and every one of you. If you missed something or want to share this, the show is archived for two weeks in the day's health news hosted. HealthyTalkRadio.com. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.